story of a man. He had a barn that needed to be painted, and so he did the calculations, and he figured out how much paint he needed. He went to town, he brought the paint back, and he just started rolling. And as he was rolling, he realized somehow he had made a huge mistake. He didn't have enough paint for the job at hand. So he didn't want to go back to town, so what did he do? Well, he poured water into it and thinned the paint so that he could keep going. So he kept going, and he realized he was about three-quarters of the way through, and there still wasn't enough paint. So he poured even more water and thinned it even more, and he kept going and he finished the job and he stepped back and he looked at his handiwork and it looked horrible. I mean, at the beginning, it was, it was actual paint and then by the end, it was almost like he hadn't done anything. And he is a devout man, a faithful man, and he didn't know what to do, so he could only do one thing. He dropped to his knees and he prayed. He said, God, what should I do? And then all at once, clouds came, a light pours just all around him, and he hears a voice breaking through it, repaint and thin no more. (laughs) So bad. I know. My apologies. (laughs) Let me paint you a different picture, one that I think is much more profound and one that's needed today, I think, for a lot of us. Peter, this is the one who Jesus said is his best friend. Fifty days before, he had said he would never, ever, ever do what he was about to do. He denied even knowing Jesus. I can't imagine what this would be like, but he had failed. He had screwed up. Would that define him? In this failing, this person that many others, I'm sure, including the other ten remaining disciples, might have also said the same thing, you denier. And somehow he's so convicted, he's so transformed, he preaches his first sermon to these people. But many would just consider him probably a a failure. Our teaching series that began with Pentecost with last week with that gift of the Holy Spirit. It's called Failing Forward. Now, I, I've heard from, from several people that this, this, is, this is a challenge for us. It makes us skeptical and definitely uncomfortable. Who wants to talk about failing? I mean, I know we do it, but do we have to bring that into church? What does God have to do with that? It made me dive back into my Bible. And as I've looked as I've pondered, as I've seen how God encountered and called and loved on people, again and again, he he called people that failed. I mean, look at just some of these people. Every single one of them, someone could define in a terrible way. They could define themselves by this. And yet God must have seen something different because he moved through them. As we explore what it means to fail and to fail forward, what does that mean? Well, when we look at this list, and then I ask, what is it in your life? What is it that's maybe making you define yourself in one of these ways or or in a different way? And... And what does God have to do with it? Well, Peter, 
the ultimate failure, the one who I, I just gravitate towards. My heart's in it. I, I, I really want to follow God, and yet I screw up again and again. I do it to God. I do it to others I love. I do it to myself. And yet when I've seen his story, I, I can't imagine that God actually, he relies on Peter. And so Peter's just spoken like the message apparently, his very first one. And it's amazing because 50 days earlier, remember, it had been his ultimate failure and now Jesus has come back somehow. Jesus forgives him. Forgives him three times in the middle of, of that first encounter. And now when Jesus ascended, remember, he goes back to heaven, and as he does it, Peter and the other 11, they are hanging there on that mountainside, and Jesus says this. He says, go make disciples of all nations, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And remember, he promises this, I am with you forever. Now, Peter and the disciples, when the Holy Spirit comes, all at once, not only do those tongues come, but they start to speak in these different languages. Now, Pastor Mary, last week, she, she actually did that whole piece of Scripture, like she always does, from memory. That's amazing. Stop showing us up, by the way, Mary. But she named all of these places. I think she made them up. No, you, you didn't make them up, did you? The author, Luke, told us all these places that these people come from, the languages that these people are speaking. And it's almost like when Jesus said, go to all nations, it's almost like in Jerusalem, all the nations are there. And so when Peter's speaking, his nation is like, go, well, you don't have to go right now. Stay right here, Peter, and give that message to the nations. They're listening. And so these are the people that hear this. And his message is so convicting. It cuts them to the heart, is what we're told. He tells them, you crucified Jesus. He was the Messiah. He has come back. And now here is the response. Look at that. Now when they heard this, what was that? They were cut to the heart, it says. It's like their heart was ripped in two. They realized, oh, we screwed up. We failed. And he said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what, what should we do? What's breaking your heart tonight? I have some. And I don't know if my heart will be put back together. What are those for you? Peter's answer to these people, these broken people who need grace desperately like you and I do in the middle of the things that break our hearts, I think is the first ingredient. It's an essential one to actually failing and failing forward. Peter says to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus, that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive that gift of the Holy Spirit. What's that first thing he says? Repent. Now, repent's a fancy church word. In Greek, it, it literally means you're going in a direction. And to repent means to turn around in the opposite, to return. And in the Greek, it's also that metanoia, which is the basis of metamorphosis. So they've been cut to the heart. Their heart's been broken. Repenting 
is where the heart is changed. And he says this is such an essential ingredient that, that, that something must happen here. That's the first thing he says. And it, it must convict them. It must change them. And it can only be the Holy Spirit that does this. Look at what happens next. So those who welcomed Peter's message, they were baptized. And that day about 3,000 persons were added. <laughs> 3,000. Now, I got to tell you, I always say, if someone wants to be baptized, there's more than enough water and there's more than enough Jesus. But with 3,000 people in one sitting getting baptized, was there enough water? Uh, apparently, there was. 3,000 right at That's 10 times the number of my little small hometown in Fairwater, Wisconsin, of 308 people. 3,000. I can't even fathom that. That's more people that are, than are connected with our entire huge congregation here. And in one sitting, after one message, their hearts have been ripped open so much that they're convicted to have a changed life. But what happens next, I think, is the next essential. Awe came upon everyone. Awe. It means fear, reverence, Encountering the holy. Because many wonders and signs are being done by the apostles. Their hearts have been ripped open. They've been transformed. And now God acts. And they can only experience him. What is it that's dropping you to your knees today? That's ripping your heart open? When we come to God, when we're called by God, God moves and changes, and in our failings, God acts. But I'm here to tell you today that no matter what that thing is, and I'm sure you have them because you're, you're human like I am, whatever that is, God has something more. And I'm here to tell you tonight that failing, failing is not always failure. Failing is not always failure, that you can fail. And when we go back to our Bible, when we go back to God's promise, we realize that our failings are not what define us. And when we listen to what Peter said by saying, just repent, admit it, that God is going to be there. And so what I really think happens with repentance, the real definition I want you to start to just grasp is the, real, the realization the understanding that I am so screwed up, so messed up. My heart is so broken by the things I've done and continue to do that I need a Savior. That I need Jesus who came down for me, not just for the world, but for me because I can't do it on my own. And if that is true, that means whatever your failings are tonight, whatever they are, whatever's ripping your heart open, that God doesn't define you by that either. So that means if you've failed, and I know you have, in any way, God is something more. So if you failed in business or in your profession, that doesn't define you. If you failed in finances and you're just struggling to make ends meet, 
that doesn't define you, if you have failed in a relationship or a marriage, that doesn't define you. If you have failed in faith, feel like, I just haven't had enough faith. I just feel separated. I've screwed up too much. Or I've messed up with church and I haven't found the place for me. That doesn't define you. Because there's only one thing that defines us. There is only one person that defines us and it is the one. The one whose love never fails. Never did. And never will. So tonight, I, I would love for you to fail and to fail forward. The whole book of Acts is about how God grew his church through that Holy Spirit. But you can't grow anything without risking something. You can't grow anything without getting outside of your comfort zone. You can't grow anything without failing again and again and again. And in your life today, I'm here to tell you that God is waiting to grow and to move God is not defining you by your failings. You are not a failure. God thinks so much more of you. So today, risk. Peter says the promise is not just for us. It's for our children. It's for those who are far away from, him, from God or feel that way. So that means we have to risk for others, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our neighbors for others that just feel like they are nothing but a failure. And God's love is for them. So let's fail forward for God and the world.